Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Eaters, for um, a day in the week. And I'm joined by Carl, of course. Now about to the first of November. There we go. Why are we wearing the poppies <laughs> if not on this particular date? Anyway, and Bo, of course, <laughs> just to introduce you. And um, uh, sorry for the lateness, uh, audio problems. So we're going to try something new and fun, which is we're just going to play it through the, the friggin' TV in front of us instead of the, the little things we have. And uh, hopefully it works. If there's an echo, let us know, and we'll, we'll, we'll try and mute our mics during future playing of videos this session. Anyway, today we are going to be talking about Elon Musk explaining the woke mind virus to Joe Rogan, which sounds a good fun to me. Uh, a local man has woken up. It is that local big... man not being Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Another local man. No, no, he's just out of bed. It's just good news. And also the least competent fraudsters alive, which I thought I'd try and cheer us up. So, guess what social movement they belong to? I couldn't possibly <laughs> hazard a guess. Yeah, professional fraudsters, but not good at it. Yeah. Anyway, I suppose. What, what um, kind of lives do you think matter? <laughs> 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 it's just every time, man. Like it was just so. Un- I don't want to get into it. We'll get into it later. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> save for later. Save for so later. Save your your very yeah. very. I'm sure not very certain guesses. But before we shall begin with um well. Of Elon Musk. So Elon Musk went on Joe Rogan's show yesterday, uh, which I think a lot of people had been waiting for because, of course, he gets to actually ask him some reasonable questions. And the entire conversation for the, he put two hours of it out on Twitter, with another 41 minutes of it behind the paywall on Spotify. So, what could they, anyway? But the entire thing basically revolves around oh, the woke are taking over and destroying everything. Which is great, actually. That's the kind of conversation I want projected out into the world. Because, of course, this is a massive audience. And Elon Musk sounds like 2015 Sargon, right? <laughs> I just want to kind of highlight that. I'm not sure I care about the mass audience. I care about the elite audience. Sure, but also... Because I would quite like the elite not to be captured by this anymore. Obviously. But the point I'm making is it's normalizing and mainstreaming this set of precepts. This is the problem with the world. This is what's happening, and this is what has to be done to solve it. And you are right. I mean, really, it's elite opinion that matters. But it's basically everyone who's going to have watched this podcast. I don't just mean that either. I mean that most normal people, I think, are already on board. That's that. Oh yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Years. Yeah. It's the elite that need to be fixed, and put in line <laughs> with the rest of us. And um, that's that's good to see at least the richest man being on board. I feel that there's weird intonation in the term "fixed" that you use. Well, you know, like dogs. And stuff. <laughs> I think it is great when giant platforms, even though to us they're behind the curve, sure. but it's still great to see it yeah. um, for what it's worth. Um, like, you know, Tucker with a giant platform, yeah. Joe Rogan with his giant platform. I know in Elon just Musk. my own personal life, quite a lot of just normies had their eyes opened by Russell Brand, yeah. for example. Yeah. Um, so, and Russell Brand is not exactly far right, is he? But well, I mean, he is. But he's sort of, and he, and he is actually woke in some ways. Yes. But in most ways now, he's not. In in the ways that matter, he's not. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's he's going to have opinions on welfare and things like that. He does like Bernie Sanders and Noam Chomsky still, apparently. But, but no, at least anyway, he's not for mass right, censorship. Yeah, yeah right. You yeah. Know? Nothing's perfect. Yeah. yeah. No, right. Um, but anyway, before we begin, go over to lowseas.com, sign up, and watch part two of our debate on liberalism. Because really... Um, this is why we're ahead of the curve, is because we've been identifying what the kind of... 
essential problems with the debate is. Um, but it's nice to see sort of Joe Rogan and Elon Musk, uh, you know, sort of like five years previously to where we were. Now, I can't explain why Joe Rogan is dressed like that. Like he's got the He-Man wig and he's got some sort of hockey player's shirt on. I assume it's a reference to something in sports. I don't watch sports. This is going to be some American cultural thing we just don't get. Absolutely. I have absolutely no idea, but it's not addressed in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just the international up. audience are just like, yeah. what the hell is this? It's not addressed in any way. <laughs> mama, mama, the Americans are doing Halloween. <laughs> so Joe It's Ro- just Joe's new look. And more, just- more power to him. I think it suits him. But Elon Musk is also dressed like Andrew Tate and they're both smoking cigars. So it's just like, right, I can't really explain why this has happened. But on the plus side, I like that we're in a position where the most influential podcast with the most influential public figure are just doing whatever the hell they like and they don't have to explain themselves. I kind of like mm. that. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite nice. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I put out um, a Twitter thread with what I thought were the most important points that will play for you. So in the first clip, and it just begins with Joe asking Elon. I mean, they do talk about other subjects, but this is the thread that winds through the conversation that I've plucked out for us. Um, but if, Callum, if you can play this one, Elon just explains why he bought Twitter. Recipe for trouble, I suppose. Or... What's up? What has it been like? Uh, you've, you've owned X for a year now. Oh, yeah. Do, do, you, do you ever wake up in the middle of the night and have a dream that you didn't do it? <laughs> And your life is infinitely easier? Well, it's certainly um, a recipe for trouble, I suppose, or contention. Um, What was it ultimately that led you to make the decision to do it? I mean, this is going to sound somewhat melodramatic, but I was worried about that, that it was having a corrosive effect on civilization. Uh, that it was uh, just having a bad a bad impact, um, and um, I think part of it is that it's it's where it's where it was located, which is uh, you know downtown San Francisco. Um, and while I I think San Francisco is a beautiful city, and and we should really fight hard to um, kind of right the ship of San Francisco. If you've walked around downtown San Francisco, right near the X FKA Twitter headquarters. It's a zombie apocalypse. I mean, it's rough. Have you have you been been in that area? Not lately. No, yeah. I've heard. It's crazy. I've heard it's crazy. I've heard you you really can't believe it until you actually go there. You can't believe it until you go there. So that's exactly how I describe San Francisco when I went there in 2017. Evidently, it's got a lot worse. But the point is, if one of the most famous men in the world is basically like, look, this particular way of thinking that's created San Francisco, destroyed it. Um, that's great because that's what we want the people in charge to be fully aware of. Because I think a lot of them live in denial. I think they're just like, okay, this bit sucks now, but we're so close to social justice. We're so close to utopia. We just need to keep pushing. And it's good that the you know some of the most influential men in the world are like, everyone can see that's not happening. And everyone can see that you're ruining everything. And we're going to make sure everyone knows that we know that that's what's going on. So I think that's good. I mean, there is a definite delay between the people living in places where it's getting worse and the elites. I mean, we see this in our own country with yes. the people in charge of our country who think that... Oh, like people from Somerset going, there's no problem with diversity. What's the problem? Yeah, I, I don't care where they come from, no matter how European or Irish they are. So, okay. 
right? You're not living in the world. And he's he pinned on a point there that I quite like. You probably felt it for sure. Do you remember how bad Twitter used to be? As in, constantly you felt like you had to double check everything you wrote before you got your life ruined by it? I mean, I got suspended in 2017, so, or 2018. So. Sure, but you do remember the hostile environment that everyone lived under. And now it, it does definitely feel like I could just tweet any old shit. What do I care? That's <laughs> like, brilliant, yeah. <laughs> 2015 Twitter back. Yeah. 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 Anyway, let, right, let's go on to the next clip. Because in this, Elon understands that this is the power of ideas that have done this to San Francisco. So now you have to say, well, what philosophy led to that outcome? And that philosophy was being piped to Earth. So, um, you know, a philosophy that would be ordinarily quite niche and geographically constrained, so that the sort of the fallout uh, area would be limited, um, was effectively given an information a weapon, um, a tech, uh, information technology weapon to propagate uh, what is essentially a mind virus to the rest of Earth. Um, and the outcome of that mind virus is very clear if you walk around the streets of downtown San Francisco. It is the end of civilization. Mm. Right. So he's not pulling any punches there. Mm. It's a weapon that's being used against humanity that is going to cause the end of civilization. I don't think he's being hyperbolic. I think that's correct. Yeah, absolutely. I've written articles saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, globalism, or, well, in my mind, for me anyway, yeah. all forms of socialism are ultimately at odds with civilization or progress in the true sense of the word progress. Um, yeah, it degenerates civilization. Which is what's happened in San Francisco. And, you know, never, I think, never underestimate lefties capability to be blind oh self-delusion you know like the crimes of the soviets or the maoist era or something or what's happened to downtown uh, san francisco yeah. just ignore it yeah it's easy to ignore pretend you, you're not aware of it or pretend to yourself that what you've done to these people is social justice mm. like no we need to give the drug addicts, drug addicts more heroin their capacity for that is yeah. is unbounded it seems um, so let's uh, let's go on to clip three because in this he basically again if you scroll down a little bit um, oh no this is the one um, he I think accurately recognizes that the locus of importance in woke ideology is not mankind it is not human being it is something else and of course when you put the place of primary value outside of an actual person then that person becomes fungible and actually part of the problem. Let's watch. And it's not just uh, propagating the mind virus, but suppressing any opposing viewpoints. Yes. Well, in order for the virus to propagate, it must suppress opposing viewpoints. So. Because it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean you've, you, you, you've, you've felt the, the virus. You know? Yeah. Yeah. People have tried to cancel you so many times. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, um, I don't think you're melodramatic at all. I, I, I think it's a, it's a. I mean, I don't want to be melodramatic, but it's almost like a death cult. It's a death cult. No, it, no, it, it, that is exactly right. Um, it, it, uh, it, it's essentially the uh, extinctionists. Like it's in the limit. It is that they're propagating uh, the extinction of humanity and civilization. It's pretty strong words. Does it get worse than that? Are these a bigger foe? 
could you think of anything more extreme? I love how Joe Rogan, I mean, A, it's just what are you dressed like? But Joe Rogan is a complete normie when this, but you'd think that Joe Rogan would be a bit more switched on with this stuff, considering he's had quite a long exposure to it. And I think he knows. I think he's just teeing Elon up there. I think he knows. You know, there's no way he doesn't know. Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm just remembering that green text that's just like Joe Rogan is essentially a great card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's exactly. come before him. Joe wants to know what is wrong with society. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is kind of what Joe Rogan's like. I respect that. At one point in the uh, in the podcast, they start talking about whether the Cybertruck can withstand bullets. And he's like, yeah, but it probably couldn't withstand my compound bow. <laughs> it's like, that's actually the meme. And then they clip in a bit where Joe Rogan's firing the bow at the Cybertruck. It does withstand the bow. Actually, oh. so the great Khan <laughs> has been foiled by uh, by Elon's wizardry. <laughs> um, but anyway, so in uh, in this in this clip, he of course uh, discusses that the anti-human death cult is actually in charge of social media and it's influencing everything. Let's let's watch. Um, and, and there's some people who are, are like most most of the time it's it's implicit. They don't explicit, exp- but sometimes it's explicit. Like there was a guy on the front page of the New York Times uh, who literally has the thing called the extinctionist movement. Um, and he was quoted on the front page of the New York Times as saying, uh, there are 8 billion people on the world, but it would be better if there were none. Ooh. And I'm front like, well, buddy, you can start with yourself. Yeah. Um, Does he have friends? That's what always fascinates me. <laughs> well, here he is. That guy. Uh, he looks like he's not long for this earth. I mean, doesn't voluntary young. human extinction movement? That's hilarious. Pe- pe- spent. De- I'd like to party with that dude. Okay. I would just like to like. That's yeah. the, that's 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 the death. That's the, that's an explicit version of the death cult. Yeah, maybe the extinction live long cult. and die out. It's. Like, I mean, it's it's not. Uh, the extinction is a word he uses. Yes. No, I mean, it's not a. It's literally a self description. Do they cover that him death cult was in charge of social media. Yeah. And still largely is at uh, Google and Facebook, by the way. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm not in favor of uh, human extinction. Uh, they are, and uh, they can go to hell. Yes. It's great, right? Good King Musk. Yeah. Save I mean, every one of us. Yeah. And th- this, this is fantastic because, A, not only is he just lighting up the other social media things, so look, this it it's not a coincidence or an accident that someone who's literally, by his own words, pro-human extinction, arrives on the front page of the New York Times. It's not an accident that, and I'm surprised he didn't bring up the sort of anti-natalist movement as well, because that's a very again anti-human, pro-extinction kind of philosophy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just <laughs> I disagree with killing everyone. <laughs> it's just... But these people are in charge of everything apart from Twitter. No, but that's, that's a great condemnation of, um, well, really the only thing that could destroy the West is itself. Yes. And, and it, it, the phrase self-inflicted societal suicide, uh, that, that's definitely what has happened to us. And it's such a brilliant example. So he's, he's completely correct. I mean, what would I have to do to get a kind of write-up like that in the New York Times? Yeah, Front page of the New York Times. You're calling for killing everyone. But- yeah, I would have to call for the extinction of the human race. Put me on the front page of the New York Times. If I'm like, maybe that's actually not great, I get demonetized on YouTube. So just saying, like Elon is right about all of this. And so I'm glad that he's making... And this was basically the theme of the entire podcast, which is great. Again, he sounds a lot like me sort of seven years ago. Which it is, is the sort of, of, kind of obviously, uh, the great issue of our 
times of our generation is that there's a some sort of global elite. I'm not saying there's one. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Chinese Communist Party are not on the same page as Klaus Schwab. I oh yeah, think. You know, Western elite. Right. Yeah. Washington is at odds with Moscow. However, there's some, there are some sort of elites on a global scale that are at war with average people, the vast majority of the world's population. A terrifying thing. It's great that uh, Good King Musk yeah. is prepared to talk about it on Joe Rogan, one of the biggest platforms Not, out there. I mean, it's... But he's done a lot more than talking about it. It's great. Right, yeah, yeah. He's, he's put his Twitter. money where his mouth is, yeah. He all brought, credit to it. Yeah, he brought, Absolutely. he brought us all back. And, you know, he's now leading the charge. I mean, he's doing this in a very low-key way where he's just like, well, these are a death cot and I think we're going to hell. It's like, but that's... That to us, because we're just, you know, nobody's on the podcast. That's just like, okay, yeah, that's funny. But do you think that the guy, Tim Cook at Apple, is like, wait, did the most, most influential man in Silicon Valley just say we're a death cult? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, are we all going to be just... We're Have just you gonna seen allow- your own adverts? Yeah, I know, I know. Right? <laughs> but are we just going to allow him? Is that just, are we just going to let that go, are we? 120-odd million followers or whatever he's got on Twitter. You know, goes on Joe Rogan's podcast. God knows how many numbers that's got. And he's just calling us all a death cult. We're just going to let that go, are we? So the, like, that, the fantastic aspect of that is there's going to be some people at Apple or Facebook who have been living under this and they can't feel like they can break their silence. Yeah. Stuff like this will completely moralize them to do it. Exactly. Exactly. And or, so... Or sorry. just to say that he's so correct, it's so true, that they're just like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. Just well, yeah, cut well, through. And that, that's great. You know, let's have more New York Times headlines of people who want the extinction of humanity to further prove must correct and to make everyone else get right again. Okay, not that. Well, the, the New York slimes, look at who they've been owned by in the past. Look at their connections with the intelligence services right. in the past. I mean, it's owned by Bezos at the moment, isn't it? <sighs> yeah. Be- Bezos doesn't seem to be woke. Like, he's spoken out against this. He's tweeted about it anyway. So, I mean, what that means... <laughs> but what kind of billionaires do we want? Uh, I, this is why I see Elon Musk as such a fantastic role model, which yeah. is, if there's any life advice for anyone, even in politics, it's get rich, generate <laughs> wealth for the world, like sincerely make some money, do hard work, make some money, right? And then use that for a change. Of course, he's the most extreme example, making more money than anyone else on Earth ever. But it's still not untrue. That's good advice, though, Callum. Get rich. Yeah, seriously. This is one of the things I quite like about Andrew Tate, where he's just like, yeah, no, get money, get bitches. Like, that's his end point. But if you get money, you can actually influence stuff, whereas if you yeah. don't, you can't. So it is just good advice. Uh, anyway, so let's, uh, let's go on to the next one, because as you can see, the philosophy itself, and what I like about this, is he has connected pronouns to the extinction of humanity to save the Earth. He has created a continuum. He has recognized this is all the same philosophy, which is why the Green Party are a bunch of woke socialists and aren't like, you know, ultra-Tory environmental conservatives, you know, conservationists and stuff like this. They're all part of the same thing, and he has recognized this. What it does is render humanity the problem to humans. You know, as in, look, look at the transgender movement, saying, well, your body needs to change. Your body is the problem. It's not your mind that's the problem. It's your body that's the problem. You know, it's these people, it's that people, it's, it's always humanity that's the problem. And when that gets to the environmental stage, well, that means that the earth, as I put here, becomes a kind of gestalt entity. It's like, oh, humans are destroying the earth. It's like, for who? For who are we destroying the earth? You know, if it's for the earth itself, I don't care. You know, I don't care about the earth's existence when humanity no longer exists. You freaks. Anyway, let's play the clip. 
Well, if you get them so, alone for a few days. I mean, I, I, I'm, in of, I mean, I'm pro environment, but the the, the in the limit, uh, if you go if if you take environmentalism to an extreme, you start to view humanity as a plague on the surface of the earth, like a like a mold or something. Right. Um, and but it's, it's this is actually false. The earth could could take probably ten times the the current civilization. Um, you know, if, if you if you start thinking that that humans are bad, then the natural conclusion is humans uh, should die out. Totally true. Exactly where they're at in many ways. I mean, that's literally the extinction guy. We hear this all the time, and this is what the pro green movement is mostly about. Because if they were if they were like normal, right? If they were actually okay, yeah, we are concerned about the environment. I mean, I'm concerned about the environment. I don't want humanity to be reduced to the Stone Age. So I think building nuclear power plants might be a good idea rather than turning the world into Cybertron with solar panels, right? That's what a normal, sensible person would do because that's rational. Or we can just try and make sure that no one gets to consume energy. That's the conversation. Isn't it? It's never, how can we make my tap water really clean so I yeah. never have to buy bottled water? Yes. It's instead, how about we turn the electricity off for one day a week? It's just, we're not on the same page. Exactly. And we want different things. You know, I want to make the world better. You want to destroy us. Um, and so the next one, he talks about the Twitter files, which, and again, the great thing about this is that Musk has connected all of these things up. And that's the important thing, because the, the, the first thing that the woke left are going to do about this is sit there and go, well, what do you mean? What's the connection between, say, the government Twitter and the media? It's like, well, actually, we saw from the Twitter files. Uh, they're all directly connected, literally by people working in the FBI and taking orders from the government. But let's let's watch the clip. To me, that was the most bizarre was the Twitter files when you let Schellenberger yeah. and Matt Taibbi and all those guys get in the Twitter and the the response where Matt Taibbi gets audited. I mean, which is just wild. I mean, just just so blatant and so in your face. Yeah, it's weird. No, I, I mean. <sighs> The re- yeah, the, the degree to which, and, and by, by the way, Jack didn't really know know this, but the degree to which Twitter was simply um, an arm of the government was not well understood by the public. And uh, it, it was, there was no, it was whatever the official government, I mean, it was like Pravda, basically. Um, you know, it's a state publication is the way to think of old Twitter. It's a state publication. Fracking. Absolutely spot on. And I, it, I think it, it confirms something I thought. I don't think that Jack Dorsey was really in control of Twitter at all. Um, he seemed to be totally cut, frankly, by people like the Jayagad and stuff like that. But, um, but again, really fantastic. So this is exactly what the Twitter files has revealed. It's all being taken as a prior now. No, it's been totally shown, and it was just the normal narrative that Twitter was completely controlled by the state, and these agents, literally FBI agents, like dozens of them were literally working at Twitter and pulling strings, making sure that everything the government wanted. And we've seen the, the conversations from Jen Psaki and Twitter requesting people censored and things like that. It's all there. And it was directly to help the Democratic Party. Explicitly. And he talks in other parts about how, um, in fact, I think in fact, the next one uh, is where he talks about how this was directly partisan. And was the justification from their perspective that they are progressive liberals, they have the right intentions, it's important that they stay in power, the progressive liberals stay in government and power, because this is, the, this is their... There, there was, there was uh, basically oppression of um, 
any any views that would even I would say could be considered middle of the road, um, but certainly anything on the the right. I'm not talking about like like far right. I'm just talking mildly right. The people like Republicans were suppressed at ten times the rate of Democrats. Um, now that's because uh, old Twitter was fundamentally controlled by the far left. It was like completely controlled by the the, the far left, and. That's why I say, like, you know, the, like San Francisco Berkeley is a niche ideology. It's hard to say, like, is there a place that's more far left than San Francisco Berkeley? Maybe Portland. Maybe Portland, but it's like it's a right con- there. It's yeah, it's like it's Portland. those two places are the the most far left places uh, in America. Yes. Um, so f- f- from their standpoint, everything is to the right, <laughs> including moderates. Right. Right. So that now. If 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 but if, if you internalize a far left position, uh, everything seems wrong to you that if that is not far left, right? And so they naturally oppressed any anything that didn't agree with their views. And Completely correct. Hmm. Normalizing the idea that actually moving to the right is the right thing to do. Move away from the far left. It's interesting. Just one word to pick up on there right there. And you said naturally. They naturally did that. Yeah. Yeah. It's because. Leftism, or certainly far leftism, is authoritarian. You know, there's the, all those scales about whether you're left or right, or whether you're libertarian or authoritarian. Um, it's that well, naturally we're going to oppress all our, everything else. Naturally, we're going to destroy everything that's in our way. I'm not, I'm not sure authoritarian is the right word though, because it, it is actually totalitarianism. They don't see. Okay. No, but they don't see the, the, the... Are you going further than what I said? Great, no, that's fine. No, 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 they I absolutely can't disagree yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But they, they don't see the virtue in a division between the public and private because they believe everything is political, right? And so once you go, right, everything's political and we have the right politics, then the virtue is in suppressing the wrong politics. It's not in the... Convincing so, of your opponent. No, it's not even the convincing of the opponent. It's... Because what the reason we have separations between public and private and limitations on state power is because there is a, uh, a humbleness that underpins it that says we might be wrong, right? We actually might be in the wrong. They actually deserve something of their own because we are not 100% right on every subject all the time. And that's what the left has removed. And so that just opens the door to totalitarianism. We know everything all the time. Everyone else is wrong. And we're all on a mission. So there's no... And as everything is political... There's no justification to separate out the spheres of influence. So why wouldn't the government be involved with Twitter? Why wouldn't the media just support the government? Why wouldn't we, if we're all saying the right thing all the time, because we can't be wrong? Mm. And so it just, it, it's a totally self-justifying method of tyranny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Elon, he doesn't say it in explicitly those words, but that's what he's getting at. You know? And so he's definitely, definitely going the right, definitely. right direction. Um, and so the, uh, the, last, well, no, the second to last clip is... How these people came to this power in the first place? A good question. Is it, it, because it's like Silicon Valley attracts the smartest engineers, the smartest sort of technologists and programmers from around the world. Um, they created an information weapon that was then harnessed by the far left, who could not themselves create the weapon, but happened to be co-located where the technologists were. Mm. It happened to be aligned politically with the people that possessed it. The technologists are generally are moderate, maybe moderate left, but they're they're not they're, they're they're not far left. The effects, the negative effects of a far left ideology that is would be geographically limited to a to ten mile radius. 
that's like not it's small like the, so so any any bad effects of that ideology would be geographically constrained under normal circumstances and have been in the past but when you have uh basically a technolo- technological megaphone which which was twitter and, and social media in general suddenly the the far left are handed a megaphone to earth a, a, a te- a, a, an incredibly powerful technology weapon that they themselves could not create, but they happened to be co-located with the technologists who created it. So this is the only one where actually there's more to it than this, and I'll explain it in a second. Um, but so th- this is the only one where it's, oh, well, this just ha- is happenstance. No, it's not just happenstance, actually. There are, there are lots of other factors that kind of intersect, dare I use that phrase. Um, but if we can go to the uh, the last one, um, what's the scope of this? Well, he says that it's ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is ubiquitous? Is this uh, a- it's absolutely all the social media companies. That, in fact, right now, X or if, you know, formerly known as Twitter, is the only one that that is not uh, kowtowing to the government. It's the only one. There isn't all the others just do exactly what the government wants. That is wild. Yes. What I was getting at, do you think that that's everywhere? Yes. Do you think that that's CNN? Do you think that that's the New York Times? Do you think that that's the Washington Post? Yeah. Because if they were going to infiltrate media, they were going to infiltrate social media. I mean, it is weird the degree to which the media is in lockstep. Like, why is the media in lockstep? And why doesn't the media question the government? They used to. Right. Why don't they do that anymore? Seems weird. Something doesn't add up. Do you? So, well, I think it's the, the deep state on the intelligence services, whatever you want to call it. But there's a little thing called Rumble. Sure, but the, the question... Odyssey. The, it, like, Elon, yeah, they're, Elon's they're totally right. So, yeah, exactly. He's totally right. So, yeah, CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, they're all basically singing from the same hymn sheet, and they can't help themselves. And they are still singing from the same hymn sheet as the government, the intelligence services, the social media companies, the academics... Like, why is everything like it's literally just Elon Musk being a bit autistic and being like, yeah, I don't really agree with this. So I'm just going to go completely against everything. Like he's actually ranging himself against a massive power structure here, which I really admire, actually, because he doesn't have to. <laughs> he was already fabulously wealthy. He didn't have to do any of this. And so but what else are you going to do with your life and all that money? Yeah, especially if you're just kind of autistic and keep noticing things. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I thought I'd end this by just saying, look, if you're sort of new to what we're doing, um, we can explain all of this. So I did a deep think on Rousseau Savage, which is basically the end state that the left is trying to arrive at with us, which is the total atomization of each individual from one another and their complete dependence on the government so they can act as the liberal philosophy that underpins all of this believes man used to be in the state of nature while living in society. So that's the overarching goal, and that's why essentially they want the end of human civilization, because that's what they're trying to get back to. Uh, the next thing is, why do they act in the way that they act? Well, through repressive tolerance. This is how they morally justify it. Um, this is a really great podcast that uh, Thomas Dowling and I did, explaining that this is not new. This is the way that the left has been acting for decades now, and we are just seeing the latest manifestation of it now. And the Critical Race Theory podcast that we have done explain exactly how it is that the co-location of the um, woke ideologues with the Silicon Valley tech bros happened to 
allow them to break through. Because, I mean, if it was some sort of far-right neo-Nazi intellectuals who were co-located with the soft-left Silicon Valley tech bros, you wouldn't have seen Nazism spreading through social media and it wouldn't have been promoted. It had to be what it is because of the way that critical race theory came and which is what really woke is. This is the the correct term for it. Um, And already conquered every single university in the United States. But the question is, why did it conquer? And the reason it conquered is because it took weak presuppositions within liberalism that the tech bros all bought into without thinking about it and essentially exploded them to be able to include that opposite in order to just twist things into the way that we are now. It's very complicated. I won't go through it now, but do go and sign up and check out those podcasts because they do explain everything. But otherwise, just good news, I think. Elon Musk is out there doing the Lord's work. Hmm. Great stuff. Can't agree anymore. Well, I suppose with that, we'll move to some other local news, um, which is, Bong, a local man has woken up. I'm, I'm sorry to bring you such breaking news. But uh, <laughs> I, I like local men waking up, you know, local men going, hang on a second. Is this how it should be? Local man notices too hard <laughs> effectively is what has sort of happened, except this local man really should have noticed earlier. That just a quick thing. One of my favorite memes is the adventures of the man who just started paying attention. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite memes. Like, hmm, maybe there shouldn't be, you know, Hamas flags flying in central London. Well, that's where we are today. And we'll begin this with this little clip here from Urban Scoop, a small media outlet who deserves all your support. And uh, they decided to put out this video, which is the Met Police turning up in the dead of night to arrest some guy uh, in front of his wife. Okay, whatever. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, horrible circumstances, don't get me wrong. But the, the interesting thing, of course, in legal cases is what's the crime? Sure. If he'd committed some sort of hideous crime, okay, it sucks that, you know, you've got to arrest the guy in front of his wife who has stage four cancer. Um, his crime was the disapproval of Palestinian flags. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we're, not, we're not joking either by the video evidence. So I suppose we'll listen to a part of this. Hmm. Uh, at six minutes, we won't be listening to all of it. I just want to hear what the police officers have to say. For the what are the charges, officer? <laughs> Eating a meal? Succulent Chinese? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's watch Democracy Manifest. <laughs> No! We do not attend any events involved with, involved with Palestine, okay? The reasons why we did this is on the 17th of the 10th of 2023, on Bethel Green Road at 10 of 4, you, you were witnessed us saying, obviously, people, while, while they're over here, etc., we let them into our country, etc. So, thank you! Yeah, okay. So, thank you! Take him! Disgusting! He's a disgusting! Absolutely! Amasis! It quickly devolves into shouting, of course. I can't um, but notice that, and a little bit, I've watched this already, I can't help but feel that these two police officers dance at Pride events. Probably do. They really look like the types, right? We should really kind of subtitle a bit of that, if, if for not other reason than most people probably can't understand the accents outside the UK, There's which is... Nothing wrong with Scottish accents. Foreigners <laughs> got learned. It's very funny. Anyway, so uh, the the officer, (laughs) this officer here, he says that on a certain day, the man he's arresting uh, said, why are those people here? We let them into our country. Yep. The Scottish man says, yes, so what? So then he handcuffs him. And of course, the wife is like, so what? Are you serious? Yeah. And um, yeah, that's literally what happened. Perfectly reasonable question. True statement arrested and this I, I had to cover this because it's so beautifully led in to what i did yesterday 
with the fact that the way policing works in this country, specifically so perfectly crystallized in recent events, is that the police and all of Western society operate on a principle of fear of the most diverse elements. That is entirely what animates them at this point in their job. And this man, of course, being part of the white British, he's held to a standard which isn't even the law, which is that you can't criticize flags. Oh, do you not remember in Scotland when someone wrote Islam is questionable on the wall and they got arrested yeah. for it? They did. Uh, and this is the point. I mean, at the same time, just oh. to remind ourselves, this is what such people in various parts of the West are doing. This is in France, where a bunch of houses who, uh, where Jews live have now had Jewish... Oh, I know animals. that Jews live there. Do you guess, tell, ask me how I know. I, well, <laughs> the local Muslims have visited. That's yeah. why. But the uh, video in question as well has been released. I, I don't know how Visegrad got hold of it. I guess the, the family released it. And this is the video in oh, which yeah. they're charging him. Yeah. And uh, I'll play the audio, I suppose. Yeah, you see it? And then over here at this one, we've got this crap going on as well. Yeah. And then we come along to this pole here, and they've then done the same crap here as well. Look at this. Jesus. This is, this is what we're dealing with. This is not fucking on. And then up in this one here, you see that? Yeah. Same shit here. And he continues with various Scottish noises. As he uh, films, looks like a flags. looks like a lovely area of London, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you I mean, want? Just... I, I do love the ONS. Do you guys want the number? The number of what? Twenty three percent. That's oh, that's the right, number. Yeah, yeah, of course, that's the number. I don't have to say anymore, do I? Yeah. No. Well, it, I quite like this game. It's self evident, actually, to be honest. But you look at it; it looks like an absolute hovel. Yeah. So, um, of those twenty three percent who remain, they are now held to a standard which is you cannot even criticize Palestinian flags, the flags of a foreign country. But no, so none of them, no, the police didn't like crack down and arrest them when they were dancing on the cenotaph and stuff like that. Because the police act as if they're not the lawful authority over the immigrants. No. They, they act as if they're only the lawful authority over the white British. They're the only ones who deserve the rod. Everyone else, literally do as you please because we're scared of you. Yeah. And um, I was just going to say, I, I've written more than one article really on the theme of uh, sort of the destruction of. Western society and what Musk was talking about earlier, of yeah. civilization, at least Western civilization as we know it. Well, this is it actually playing out. This is what it looks like, yeah. is that there's, there's, no, there's no law, essentially, because if the law isn't applied equally, there's, effect, there's, in a sense, no law. They're just making up one set of rules and not enforcing another set. So what does the, what does the rule of law mean anymore? Well, it's specifically repressive it's almost, tolerance. It's sort of meaningless, isn't it? What is on the statute? Well, yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's particularly, it is repressive tolerance. It is, we will tolerate it from one group, we will not tolerate it from another group. And that's how the, mm. that's how the blade cuts Look when it comes to this. This child yeah. in, the, in the costume of a policeman. Yeah. No, uh, sorry, but that what is on, just a commentary. Uh, is it? Yeah. Really? It's a commentary. I mean, the police of diversity and inclusion. Just to remind ourselves as well, uh, that man shouting there that we let them all in, so this is what happens to us. That's his crime. <laughs> Sorry um, for saying that. Um, just to remind ourselves uh, real quickly, because at the same time that this was taking place, this news was released, oh. which is Rochdale Grooming, predatory gang jailed for child abuse. And another one. Um, this, as you can see, 16 hours ago. Um, I mean, I'm just glad they were jailed, I guess. Yeah. Point. We have some names, so you can <laughs> not find a pattern. So I suppose I'll read those. Uh, Ali Raza Hussein Kasami, uh, Insa Hussein, yeah. uh, John Sahid Ghani, uh, Martin Rhodes. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> name. And Mohammed Ghani. Yeah. There we are. 
And I thought I'd just remind ourselves, because I, I, I don't like that this has now become part of parcel of living in. Just a quick thing, that Martin Rhodes looks like a real winner, doesn't he? Yeah. Piece of shit. Anyway, uh, someone, I think Rorega nationalist, in fact, decided to tweet out that he would make today National Grooming Gang Day of Remembrance. Oh, I didn't which know. I thought was interesting. And he details the case here of Charlene Downs, the young girl that went missing. Uh, two kebab shop owners yeah. were joking about the idea that they turned her into kebab meat. Yeah. Uh, that was on video. Uh, the police had that. Uh, they weren't able to charge the men with anything. So they're still offering 100 grand for anyone who can find who uh, killed her. And that's probably one of the most horrific circumstances, but that's a, a bit of hearsay, I suppose, because no one was officially convicted for that one. So I thought we just go back to Rochdale real quick, where a bunch of people were convicted. Yeah, I don't. I forget how bad it is, frankly, in this yeah, country, really because bad. that was 16 hours ago. Another five men go away, yeah. in which we can see no pattern. I just want to read you the details of the people who have been convicted and sent to prison. So we're not even dealing with sub suspects here. They're probably already out. Aren't these the guys who were bumping into their victims in Asda? Uh, maybe. I, I forget which one because there's so many. Yeah. But just to remind you, Rochdale is a 70% white British area. So you'd probably expect 70% of the people arrested for this to be white British. Well, we'll start the story in 2012 in which uh, 12 were charged, 9 convicted, 8 of them Pakistani, 1 an Afghan asylum seeker. Uh, one of the people who weren't convicted, the reason was because he fled to Pakistan to avoid justice. 20- really? The Pakistanis didn't extradite him back to face justice? No, they weren't concerned with child rape. Uh, 2013, five men were also uh, in prison for this. Uh, they were from the Congo, Kurdistan, and Pakistani. Yep. Uh, 2015, we uh, stopped recording the ethnicities, apparently. <laughs> Sorry. It's good for the sake of diversity. I don't mean to laugh, because it's just like, what are you going to do? If you don't laugh, you're going to cry, right? But this is the police force. I mean, this example we've just gone through, it's such a crystallization of a long-standing pattern of oppression against the white British. And we can see it because I'm going to mention the names now because I can't mention their ethnicities because we don't have it. We just have the names. <laughs> so I'll let you make your own judgments as to where people are from. Uh, we have Afaris Aham, uh, Chowdhury Ikhal Hussein, uh, Rihan Ali, Kutab Iham, uh, Mohammed Dahoud, uh, Mihid Khan, and Mohammed Zaid, and Mustav Rahman, and David Law. Right. There we are. Isn't it in, there's an interesting pattern of like, there being like one white British person who's obviously some sort of absolute reject. Yeah. Who gets dragged into these gangs. Uh, or, you know, somehow part of a nucleus. Or the, I don't know. But like, it's some weird outsider who ends up joining this gang. Uh, Chowdhury Hussein, that I mentioned, he also fled justice. Can you have a guess what country he might have fled to? Pakistan? Yes. There we are. 2015, it continues. Uh, Bihil Ahmed, uh, Dilin Rasul, and Hassan Ali. Uh, 2016, there was another, uh, just to tell you, this is the Wikipedia list I'm reading from of just the various operations in a single town. Yep. So 2016. Rochdale isn't exactly a big town either. No. Uh, Shilab Shahaba, uh, Ikhran Wani, Gul Zaman, and Mohammed Ishkik. Uh, the next year, 2017, people were again convicted, not even suspects. Uh, Joshim Miha, Ikhtad Yusuf, Mohammed Sada, Mohammed Mir, and Ashkif Yusuf. And then just before that news broke, 16 hours ago, of the people being sent down, uh, in August 2023, uh, Mohammed Ghani, Israel Hussein, Jan Shahid Ghani, Martin Rhodes, Ali Hassan, and Hussein Kasami. So of the 43 people convicted, uh, two of them were white British. So despite making up 70% of the population, they're only 4% of the pedos in the specific town in this uh, investigations from the police. I mean, I'm sorry. 
But it is sort of ridiculous when there are so many long-standing community issues, and yet the man who turns up and says he's a bit miffed at the flags, he's the one that goes to prison. He's the one getting arrested. Why? Because, as you say, repressive tolerance. And there's no more perfect example of that, I think, than what the Labour Party had to say today. They had some news. Uh, It's Islamophobia Awareness Month, it turns out. I'm doing everything I can, Kit. (laughs) (laughs) Just look at what Mr. Potato Head. His his eyes of like, his apologetic, like, oh, please don't accuse us of being bigots yeah yeah exactly expression oh and not just that please muslim community come back and vote for the labor party again because we covered the other day that like 95 percent of them when surveyed were like yeah i'm not voting for labor anymore because they support israel it's like oh really that's interesting you know the thing is not only is this messaging and kiss Starmer and the labor party just so far off the mark yeah but what you've highlighted there and that we all know and that most of our audience knows is that 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 cannot go on forever no. but it still is there will be there must be a reckoning at some point or a realignment. It, it cannot go on forever. But that issue, let's say, you know, the mass rape of young girls, that, that's not the important thing that Kia's getting at, of course. Kia's entire reason for putting this out. It's literally the Norm MacDonald meme. Yeah. It's like, imagine the Muslim communities, the, the bigotry they'll face. It's like, <sighs> people were to, you know, be told what's happening. Anyway, so um, that's- I mean, look, look Kirstarmer is literally signaling to a foreign outgroup. Yeah, I know. Look, I, I know. You know, Islamophobia is the really real problem here. He's not. He he doesn't do like a grooming gang awareness month where he sits there in his tie and his stupid spectacles and goes, "Well, I'm really concerned about the grooming gangs that have been predating on vulnerable English girls up and down the country." He doesn't do that. He, in fact, I probably can't say any more on that, but. You know what I mean? He, the whole reason I bring whose up... Whose side is he on in that question? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, Islamophobia bad. It's like, right. Okay. The whole reason I bring up that stuff is obviously he's not directly responding to that news because that's not of interest to his party. Instead... No. Well, they're the ones who covered it up, so... Yeah, but even as a side point, mm. as I mentioned, the reason he's even done this post here is because foreign conflict in foreign place now affects London. And that's where the real concern of everyone is. And this is a local friend of ours who happens to be in London, and he says here, it's beginning... Uh, sorry, becoming ever clearer that the Met do not plan on enforcing the law. I would suggest people to take precautions, protecting their family and friends accordingly, especially if Jewish. Uh, make no mistake, it's coming everyone's way. This being the fact that yep. police don't enforce the law. And he's naturally responding to another event, which was this. This is Liverpool Street Station, one of the, I don't know, what there's about four major railways in London, if you're going east, south, north or west, and Liverpool being one of them. And as you can see, there's just thousands of people deciding to occupy one of the major train stations mm. and scream "Free Palestine!" and to the river for sorry, from the river to the sea mm. all evening. Mm. Great. That's... And if you complain about that, as that chap did earlier, you're the problem. That hits particularly close to home for me because I lived, Terrible. grew up in Essex, and worked in London for the best part of twenty years, and would go through Liverpool Street Station twice a day every weekday for, let's say, years and years on end. So I know that particular station, every inch of it, <laughs> I can't even know for my it. sins. And that is just, it's so bizarre and sickening, sickening in a bizarre way, of course. To Utterly see, occupied. To see, yeah. Right. But I can't help but notice that a lot of these people appear to be white British, or at least European in some way, right? Largely Europeans by the looks of it. Yeah. 
just the demographics of London. Um, obviously, being I mean, there are some headscarves around and whatnot, but like, but you'll know, I, I imagine, because uh, a lot of Jews pointed out that there is um, a monument to the the I think what the, the Kinder Transport or whatever that I forget how the word in German is used. But it's a monument to those Jews who were evacuated just outside of the station. Yeah, well, it's it's just out of shot to the right there. Yeah, as you well, go down into the underground. Yeah, there's a thing about remember. But yeah. then there's one more, which is the one I think you're referring to, because there's one outside, which is about the Jews, and there's one inside, which is about the British, those kids. Oh, oh yeah, who had to be transported during the Blitz. Remember when there was history in London? Did they? That do didn't have to do to with that? some foreign ethnic group. Yeah, there's a little monument to the children of London who were English who had to be exported whilst the Blitz took place. Yeah. And I just, how irrelevant is that event and those people to what now occupies this land? I would love to. I, I wish we had a Vox Pop there. So, have you ever heard of Blitz? I bet they're like, what? Yeah. No. It's, it's unbelievable. It's not our civilization, though. That's, what's, we're, that's what we're witnessing. And what we can see is, uh, as the friend earlier was mentioning, is the, the police don't enforce the law. You can see the police there. They attended this, they protected it. Yeah. It looks like a lot of students there, doesn't it? To, to keep in mind as well, maybe for a, an American audience or something, but being one of the major train stations, this is a period in which pretty much everyone in that area or around is having to travel through to go home. The tube is all connected to it as well. So any Jewish person passing through has to witness this, not to mention literally every other human being yeah. who has to be like, why is the major train station this now? What is, what's this got to do with anything? If you head west out of London, you have to kind of have to go through Paddington. Yeah, And if you're heading anywhere east, essentially, you go through Liverpool Street Station. So it's a real sort of hub. Sure. Honestly, these look like a lot of students to me. So uh, it's like students sitting. I'm going to play some of it so you can hear. <laughs> yeah, student trying. <laughs> Imagine trying to go home and that's what you got to listen to. How quickly would you lose heart or if think I've got to get out? The Germans would start bombing us again. <laughs> <laughs> they would do less damage. <laughs> yeah. There is a streak, again, like Elon was talking about in the last segment we did. Uh, there's a streak in some people, or it's deep in humanity in some ways of sort of self-loathing and self-destruction, yeah. self-abnegation, yeah. Um, all that sort of things, all those sorts of things. Um, well, as you see it there, they're not sort of... The cult of destruction has to continually destroy. Not many I mean, of those people are from Palestine, it looks like. Yeah, it, zero. The Western students. And... Exactly. I mean, it, it's us now, but then when we're gone... And someone else is like, okay, well, we're going to try and order the world in the way we think it should be ordered. These same people are like, no, you have to be destroyed too. And whoever it is, it's just continual destruction. I just love how the state stands with this. This is the purpose of it now, yeah. as you can see in the form of the police there. Wow. Well, I just, I didn't think it could uh, come that fast visually, but well, it did. And this is where yeah, it, I just say, hopefully the home office and Swema Breverman might do nothing. Get them back in. Well, oh no! No, right. That's, well, this is go. what they want. Essentially, it this, must be. This is why I labelled this segment what it is, which is uh, a local man has woken up. One singular MP is the <laughs> only friggin' one I could find. Saw this footage and decided to tweet out, "Just dreadful." Thought this sort of thing would never happen in the UK. But if you look at the quote tweets on this, you'll see me going, "You invited it," because <laughs> there we go. You welcomed them, Brandon. Our plans to secure our borders while welcoming skilled migrants. Oh, thanks, Brandon. What skilled migrants? We have the graphs, if nothing else. But I love the entire comments. Oh, 
full of it. Yeah. Or there's people just being like, are you serious? <laughs> people like <laughs> me. <laughs> there's, Callum. <laughs> there's, there's also my graph there, but just, I just also, I, I, more people need to see the damage yeah. they've done. I mean, what is this? Since 2010. That's all them. Yeah. That's entirely him. In fact, he has been in his seat for 13 years. He's been a oh. minister for much of that. So he's one of Cameron's MPs. Right? He is, he's one of Cameron's Blairites. He is um, probably one of the people you could accurately define as had the most time to try and stop this and has done nothing. Yeah. And as you can see, some people just being like, bring in the army. <laughs> it's, it's time for that. What army? Apparently. I can see, uh, you know. We you know, have an army. Former MEPs there. And uh, it just keeps going with people being like, yeah, you did this. Yeah. You're the ones responsible. And that is some good news. I am glad and proud to see every single one of you and everyone who has woken up to the fact that the Tories did this and every friggin' speech or utterance out of their mouth in regards to, I think things are going a bit wrong, has to be returned with 13 years. You've had 13 years and you've done nothing. And just the, the absolute embarrassment of this guy sitting here and being like, oh, I've just woken up. Something might be going wrong. Sorry, son. You had your time and you failed utterly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you had such a huge majority. You could have done anything. You did nothing. In fact, worse than nothing. You allowed more people in. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah it's worse it's than nothing. Nothing. They've actively yeah. done this. Yeah. And it's not just that one chap who wants the army brought in. Quite a lot of people <clears> are talking about having uh, us live in effectively France, which means having the army patrolling the streets everywhere. I don't want that, though. Like, that's like aesthetically, that's the wrong way for our civilization to be run. Well, that's how you would run a British colony, isn't it? You'd have a, a squadron of boys patrolling the area. And um, that's what people are now know. saying is necessary for London. I don't know if our colonies did have squadrons of boys patrolling. I think oh, you would in Palestine. I think it's, maybe a, in, Palestine. in my opinion, it's a bit beyond what you would like aesthetically. Well, just what I think. So that, I agree with you, I suppose. But the, 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 the essence. And we what, have the rule of law, though. Sure, but the essence of English civilization is definitely opposed to having marching boots on the street. Yeah, like I say. But we're not it's, living we're in that beyond, civilization. Not living in English civilization, are we? We're far beyond that. I don't have time for some of the other stuff about it, so I'll end it on this last thing, which we'll have to get back to at some point. Uh, Dominic Cummings was called in for some inquiry about COVID. Yeah. A whole other conversation. But one of the things he mentioned here is that not only do we not have any ability to control our borders, is what he discovered when the debate was had about trying to stop the virus coming in, there's not even a desire to have it. Oh, because the conservatives were the ones saying closing the borders is racist. Yes. And right. not just them, but every part of officialdom. Oh, good. So, good. There you are. That's right. We don't allow literally every foreigner under the sun to come here. We are morally deficient. Right. You're insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re really, really sane and rational people. Sensible people are running this country. On that note, I suppose we'll uh, move to the last thing. Well, we'll be running a little bit late after this. Because yeah, yeah, we'll run over. Of course. We started late. Apologies for being late. Anyway. Some more fun. So I do like <laughs> we have found the least competent fraudsters of all time, which is of course Black Lives Matter Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Bristol on that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> it just sounds stupid, doesn't yeah. it? Frankly, yeah. Black Lives Matter Bath. <laughs> it's just like Black Lives Matter Aberystwyth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is something really silly about it. Yeah. So this is just a, a feel-good story, I suppose. So I'll, oh, good. Let's enjoy it. So this is, uh, we'll get this on screen. This is the Mail Online reporting that a Black Lives Matter fraudster who organized the demonstration that toppled the Colston statue, this being a local man who didn't do nothing, and uh, well, they destroyed that. She raised £30,000 and then just spent it all on herself. So she has been given a sentence of two and a half years. 
So one, you only race 30k. Well, it is British politics. Yeah, I know. Well, we can't grift like the American BLM. Yeah, the American BLM raised a <laughs> billion. <laughs> you only got 30k, you absolute losers. But she is going to jail. Oh, wow. Shocked. I'm just, I'm in awe, frankly, that anyone goes to jail for, for doing the regime approved thing. Two and a half years, though. Yeah, it's not the most. It is about in line with what I read the sentencing guidelines to be for fraud. Right. Okay. You have to get uh, to get about four years. You have to steal a hundred grand. And right. Okay. You can get up to ten years if you go over half a million. Okay. So, fair enough. All right. Yeah, what is it? But the details in here might be fun. So they say in here, the BLM organizer received thirty-two thousand three hundred and forty-four pounds, or good boy points, <laughs> uh, in donations raised from five hundred and fifty-eight individual contributions. She went on to spend the money earmarked for local charities to fund her own lifestyle. She couldn't even scam 600 people. No. This was national news for weeks. One thing I can't quite get over, though, is if I gave you 32 grand, I know it's not half a billion, but to me, I'd find it quite hard to, to pocket that in just lifestyle spendings. Like, I'm not really sure how expensive some of the stuff she was doing is because they only tell us some of the things she spent the money on. Isn't she got to pay for, like, nails and... <laughs> And wigs. How did you tell? Wigs. <laughs> is that real? Is that really? You haven't read it, and you do know. No, really? <laughs> Sincerely, Bo has not read the notes. And um, I, I assume it'd be like cars and housing. No. Um, firstly, rent. Right. Okay. Well, that is expensive, fair enough. Uh, hair and beauty appointments. You were right on the money. Takeaways. How do you spend thirty grand? Okay. I mean, at least, at least. <laughs> What's her name? Colors. Patrice Colors bought bloody mansions. Yeah. You know, our one's getting Chinese. How, <laughs> how much are you spending on oh, Chinese? My nails. But even to get through 30 grand on Chinese and Pathetic. Uh, she also brought up. I demand a better quality of fraudster. <laughs> she also brought a new iPhone, so that's 600. Oh, wow. There we go. Most. Yeah. An iMac, so that's well, a couple of grand or something. Amazon purchases. How expensive is that? But it turns out she spent 6,000 of the pounds on Uber. We, we need a better quality of corrupt. It's a bit like Brewster's Millions. Like You've got to try really hard. You're trying <laughs> every single day. Spend as much money as you can. And it's just kind of crap. <laughs> George's yeah. 30K. Well, I, thought, I thought I could do more. The sequel. How do you spend, I'm sorry. I'm not a big fan of taking taxis in general. Just Why wouldn't you buy yourself a nice car rather than take taxis if you had 30K just dropped in your lap? But imagine, yeah, just take that six grand, buy a car. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an amazing car. Take 15 grand, buy a quite car. nice one. You know, like dare to dream. Exactly. Yeah, go wild. You know, <laughs> get a Jaguar. Spend the whole thirty k. You know, but also at the risk of stating the obvious, what are an amoral scumbag. Oh, yeah. Because how could you? How could you live with yourself? The shame that not okay. Being a fraudster. Okay, one thing. Stealing money from somewhere somehow. Okay, but you did it in the most yeah. morally reprehensible way possible. I, People's I, guilt about the 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 Atlantic slave trade. Yeah. I mean, I obviously wow. can't sympathize with her because I wouldn't steal 30K grifting on guilt over the transatlantic slave trade. Well, we'll get the image on screen just so people can have a look. But, um, like, I, you know, so I, I, I just I come to the conclusion that these people just don't basically feel guilt. I don't think she feels guilt. No, no sense of, no. of ethics or morality or Obligation like to others or, or, um, or consideration. Guilt, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is um, some speculation in the chat. Maybe she's very fat if she'd spent six grand on taxis. Um, she's I'm not, not that fat. She's just Uber's kind of not even that expensive. Like I remember, the, she's pretty fat. The most she's not that. 
Okay. Well, the most expensive taxi I've ever taken is I went from, I think it was Stansted to Swindon just because I, I buggered up my timings. The flight was late and it was either spend basically that much on hotel and then train or yeah. 300 pounds to go from Stansted to Swindon, which isn't fun. But that's a long journey. Yeah. That's only 300 quid. How do you spend six grand on Ubers? Bristol. Sorry, it's just something that stuck with me. I just I don't understand. It must be habitual. It must be everywhere she goes at all times. Yeah. Maybe she, uh, her brother is an Uber driver. Well, remember, I think, I think one of the things I've got to remember is the, I think people like herself view this money as reparations, right? And so actually, it's to, I bet they do. Uh, I, I bet she is. I bet she's had these conversations with people around her and they're like, are you just going to take my money? So this money's for black joy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, they've, got a, they've got an excuse for everything. I uh, just imagine because I've seen some footage every year this happens, of course, in the United States where someone puts out a big bowl of candy and it has a sign that says, please take one because you live in the suburbs. And then some scumbags turn up with their kids and take the whole lot. I mean, there is some human peak well, hybrid. I just imagine it, reparations, stealing the candy. But well, anyway. It, well, I, I actually had to have this with my kids last night because I took them trick-or-treating. And people, yeah, leave a bowl of sweets. And I'm... You have to emphasize to a two-year-old, take one, one, because he just mm. sees handful, right? Now, that's fine, because you understand he's two, nearly three. Obviously, you've got to have that conversation with him. You know, my eight-year-old doesn't need to be told. He takes one, leaves them for the, everyone else, because you go to each house, you take one from each house. Everyone wins. It's actually, I mean, you, know, you wouldn't need to explain it to a normal person. But then you have Black Lives Matter activists. Well, you've got a sense of fair play. Yeah. And being reasonable. Yeah, and just doing the right thing and right. not stealing all the sweets so no one else gets any. Which is why the police will arrest you and none of these people. It's like toxic it. whiteness. This isn't the only money she um, is, is being charged with stealing, though. That's, that's one court case in which she uh, oh, demanded money. There's another fundraiser here. This is to raise money for those uh, who destroyed the statue. Right. Uh, this is to pay their legal fees because, of course, they didn't do nothing, even yep. though they were on camera doing it. Yep. This is 28 grand, as you can see. Again, British money, so it's, it's never half a billion. But I just wanted to remind ourselves of how that went, because she's still pending uh, something for that charge, is my understanding. I just want to remind everyone just how corrupt our country is, frankly, on a human level. Because you can see here, the police at the time of the destruction of one of these statues uh, said they didn't intervene because they were too much of a bunch of pussies. Uh, because we don't govern the brown people. That's what that's it, whatever they say. Yeah. Well, we don't govern the brown people. Could have it's sparked an, a riot. Is the direct quote? It's an, absolute, there we go. it's an absolute dereliction of duty. They didn't get involved because they were physically scared. Yeah, that is the real reason. No one's scared of these. I, I think I don't. I'm not. Well, even they sure. must I, have been. I think it's morally scared. I think they themselves don't have the courage of their own convictions as policemen and feel that actually, well, that something greater is going on with the non-whites, and so that's not our business. I yeah. really think that's what they believe. But that. I mean, there, there aren't going to be ones that are scared, obviously. You are, you know, they're definitely... But look at these people. I remember the day. Yeah, it was probably... not a scary incident. Yeah, like if you're these... a police officer and you wanted to get in there like a nice Russian police officer and batter some protesters, oh, you'd have fun. These but guys they... have got such soft hands, they've got to put gloves on to roll the statue into the bloody water. <laughs> they fished it out, right? Yeah, they did. They did, didn't they? Put it in a museum or something. But what happened to the criminals? Well, they were cleared of all charges because they didn't do it, even though they were on camera doing it. Moral fear. No, it's worse than that, in fact. Um, do you, want to, do you remember the defense? The defense was that the removal of the statue helped to prevent another crime. Therefore, we're not guilty. What other crime? Of criminal damage. Now, the crime that they were stopping was the display of the statue itself. 
which according to the defense, right, right. that was a criminal act by uh, being indecent or abusive in its material, saying that the Colston's continued veneration in a vibrant multicultural city was an act of abuse. A lawyer stood up in a British court, said those words. And the judge was like, good point. Well, no, the jury did. Oh. It was a jury trial. A Bristol jury, isn't it? Do you want to guess how tight that was? Mm. It was 11 to 1. There were 12 people on a jury. Imagine being the one person who's got to sit there and go, you know you're all mad, right? I mean, how... It's the 12 angry men scenario, but with just a guy who's given up. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, yeah, but no, you're all mental. No. So that has descended into uh, Precedent. A, a state of, law. of, of madness. Yeah. yeah. So the, the jury did not provide any rationale, in case you were wondering. They, they did not for that decision. And of course, this, this blew up because the Home Secretary was like, no, sorry, that is madness. She, yeah. she did come out and say that has to be destroyed, that ruling, I mean, that because is- we can't have that. Um, of course, the Guardian then accused her of political meddling for daring to say that the law should apply to brown people. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not even brown people, it's a bunch of bloody students. Yeah. Like most of them are white. They represent something, yeah. which is our deep guilt about being a white. Yeah. The police. So um, this went to... Which is why we need an Indian home secretary who's like, look, I don't have that, actually. You're mad. So you know? it, it did go to an appeal court, and the appeal court did rule that it was unlawful. That, that can't become case law. That is legal <laughs> nonsense. And the, the, the jurors are all crayon munchers for believing it. But then the appeal court decided that they were just going to continue to allow those human beings to be innocent and not convicted of the crime. I'm not really sure how that works. No. Which is that clearly this was a mistrial. Everyone involved was, I, I don't know, snuffing. Comprised? Uh, compromised, should we say? Yeah. Um, but then the, the adults in the room, the appeal court went, we're just not even going to bother and go back and, and, and charge those people. Which means that the only person who is facing justice for any of that is, of course, our dear friend. Right. So the four white students got off scot-free. <laughs> they did the indeed. The black woman went to jail. <laughs> this is anti-racism. Got it. I really Understood. if they have the other picture, because, of course, she um, has now decided she's a Muslim. <laughs> Which, <laughs> as you can see there. What? <laughs> what? Just, that, that, is, that is actually an amazing uh, procession of yep. justice for the anti-racists. <laughs> She decided, I, 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 I'm guessing, because she's decided to start putting on hijabs and whatever this is. Yeah. Uh, and and um, so as she was being charged with crime, she was like, but I'm Muslim. What's the full-blown thing? Is it a niqab? Is that the full face? Yeah, that's the full one. That one there. That, so she's got no, no, the full-blown... The penguin outfit is the niqab, as my Arab girlfriend used to call it, so I'm allowed to say that. All right. So there we are. <laughs> <laughs> Think of your past, does it? Yeah, I think so. I dated an Arab once. Yeah. No, no, in the Arab world, they, they literally... So the girls who don't wear niqab, They'll see the other ones doing it, and they, of course, because women are quite bitchy, they'll sit around and be like, there are the penguins, the penguins are coming. Oh, they refer to them as Boris Johnson did. She for, really should have decades. <laughs> she really should have had a bit of lace across her eyes, really. Uh, Otherwise, I think, yeah. I think there's a difference between niqab, burqa, and hijab and stuff. Like, I think that's the difference between niqabs and burqas. So well, she's, she's also showing her hands. I mean, what's wrong with her? Hmm. I mean, sincerely, I've got a She's a, she's a <laughs> practice Muslim. She's just learning how it works. Uh, right, yeah. I suppose when you're, you're in charge of the crime, it's expediency, <laughs> isn't it? Really, <laughs> I've now got a criminal record. Well, time to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm going to figure out this. Muslim. Never understand outside, uh, outside a court or something when people try and hide their face, whose image is already in the in the in the yes. public domain. Like we know, we've got pictures of you already. What could love. she possibly look like? Yeah. <laughs> right. 
I love how she's wearing like lace here as well. I'm sorry. You can't turn around and be like, I'm an Orthodox Muslim after that. <laughs> Whole other conversation. But her defense, her defense lawyer, Tom Edwards. Oh, yeah. He stood up in court and uh, said, um, she's extremely sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. But what's the defense? Uh, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, no, 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 no. I've got a better defense, he says. Um, she was only 20. Okay. Uh, but what's the defense? <laughs> Old enough to know better. Yeah, you mean? Yeah. Is that yeah, what that yeah, means? Yeah, yeah. The, the legal age of criminality, I think, is ten in this country. Just <laughs> double that. Um, she was twenty. She's sorry, uh, but she was also uh, trusted with this money when she was living away from home for the first time. Right. Again, no defence <laughs> detected. Um, her so sweating, presumably, because we don't allow cameras in the courtroom. So I've got to guess. Uh, he got up and then said that she's a uh, druggie. An alcoholic. <laughs> so she, she. I'm not joking. Is it? <laughs> Excuse me, Your Honor. You're going to have to understand. My client's on drugs. <laughs> That's why they should go free. The direct quote was She's been drinking heavily and taking <laughs> drugs at the time. Uh, she's also had mental health issues. I so bet. she's a mental, yeah. druggy alcoholic. And I could just Let hear Peter off. Hitchens. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, another, I think court cases in Bristol might be the funniest on planet Earth. But I, lo I love the idea that the, the judge is like, you know, drugs are illegal as well. <laughs> there, there must be, like, in, in the, the room where all the lawyers prepare, the little drinking fountain there, that must be just using lead piping or something. Because how else do you get multiple defense lawyers standing up and being like, well, here's my defense, and it's just gobbledygook. Like, she must have been buying extremely rare Johnny Walker or something. Booze isn't that expensive. She hasn't been spending money on that particular wig, has she? No, no, she's um, she can only get the best uh, meth. So uh, I don't, I don't. A scumbag. Oh yeah. The, the the other aspects of this trial don't even make any more sense. So just to remind you of why she asked for that thirty grand in the first place. Uh, she wanted to set up the protest. That costs thirty grand, does it? Well, apparently she she said in the crowdfunding page that it was to raise money for face masks. Oh, this was during COVID, was it? Yeah. Oh. 30 grand's worth of face masks. <laughs> face masks. Millions of face masks. And then it was promised that, of course, because people figure out maybe it doesn't cost 30 grand to buy. And she turns up in the cab. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, she puts some yeah. panties in your mouth instead. of Apparently that's uh, it would work. So there we are. They have uh, instead, she said that, I, I'm not just spending money on face masks. I'm going to then spend the money on a charity. I thought you were going to say a chariot. No. <laughs> Which I would have been more forgiving of. Well, she picked Changing Your Mindset Limited. What's that? Well, they are very... One of her friends runs that, right? No, 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 no. She's not that corrupt. They're a very legitimate charity that helps poor youths of all kinds and um, provides them with essential water and food as they go on a trip to Africa. Hmm. I'm not joking. Literally, all they do is take kids on trips to Africa. Holidays to Africa, right? Yes, Holidays to Africa was the charity she chose, which... Um, I'm sorry, no one involved in any of this story is a reasonable human being. Mm. Not the charity. That's a terrible idea for a charity. Not the people stealing the money. Not the people giving the money. And the lawyers with lead poisoning, I just feel bad for. So No, they got paid. I don't feel bad for them at all. I suppose so. Yeah. Oh. They've been recusing themselves. Sorry, Your Honor. I'm not insane. I can't take this case. <laughs> <laughs> you would have thought um, but I'll just end this off with probably the best fraudster of all time for this week because I don't want it to go by the wayside uh, the Labour Party who decided to come out <laughs> Welsh Labour 
and demands that uh, we must celebrate black history because it is indeed Welsh history. Man, there is a coal mining joke in here. I love the bottom line, though. I just can't seem to dig it out. <laughs> there is no history of Wales without the history of black experience in Wales. But unironically, hmm. picture of coal miners in blackface. <laughs> That's, in a way, they're right. <laughs> sure, but uh, coal mining jokes aside, what does that mean? I there want... is no history of Wales without the black experience of Wales. Now, just, just picture Vox Pops somewhere in Africa. Have you ever heard of a country called Wales? No. <laughs> in the sea? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? No one in Africa knows what Wales is. Who do they think they're kidding? This is George Welsh W. Labor. Bush didn't know what Wales was. Right. Like, there's no way some guy in Senegal has any idea what Wales is. Are they actually trying to make the argument that sort of the valleys of South Wales or the Snowdonia region or Anglesey yeah. has got you know yeah. got any connection to sub-Saharan Africa? Is that yep? Are they hey, actually trying to say that it's not even there's a connection. There's just it's indivisible, right. as they say. Right. Hang on, there's lads. no history of it Wales has always been a close connection. This is more insane than you're even thinking because you're responding to the typical claim, which is that Black history is British history or something like that, right? They said here. There is no history of Wales without the black experiences of Wales. So, without the history I'm... of black experiences. And that's actually quite interesting because the history of black experiences could also include the sort of negative of it, right? So, there is no black experiences. So, technically, if you were charting the history of black experiences, you would have to explain where there isn't one and where there is one, right? If you were going to do a, a well rounded historical analysis. So, in a technical way, they're not. Oh. You haven't hit on the worst part of that. That, oh. that wasn't what I was thinking. Literally, if a black person doesn't hear it, there is no Wales. <laughs> Read it again. That is actually what they've said. <laughs> if, there, if there's no black person to hear the Welsh, there is no Welsh language. There is no history of Wales without the black experiences in Wales. That's a great point. <laughs> Just, <laughs> If only white people sing choral music in the valleys of Wales and there's no black ears to hear it. Didn't happen. Did it happen? Nope. Roman invasion of Britain didn't happen. <laughs> Anglo-Saxon invasion of Britain didn't happen. Norman invasion of England didn't happen. Nope. But around 1540 or whenever Henry VIII got that one Moorish guy over to play the trumpet, that's when Britain began. The, the fog of war was yeah, the, yeah, cleaned the up. Fog of war. Suddenly Wales <laughs> exists. <laughs> we discovered apparently there was this place called Wales that started now. Oh, oh my Jesus sort of, Christ. It's, that, uh, it's the insane position, isn't it? If not only do we want to make your country black or more, more black, it, sort of, it has always been yeah. as well. And before we came, it literally didn't exist. says the representatives of left-wing Wales. Welsh Labour. So you have to just forget the literary evidence and archaeological evidence. You have to just pretend that doesn't exist. Well, it, it, it didn't until a black person saw it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just bring a friend. It's not like... Um, I, just, I just want to be clear that this is the lived experience epistemology being taken to its logical conclusion, right? This is absolutely how they, they want to put the locus of the world's experiences through the eyes of people of colour. And therefore, actually, Wales does exist in about 1540 or whenever that Thomas guy arrives from Spain. But that's literally what yeah. they think. You know, they act, this, is, this is their entire philosophical framework, actually. Not that Owen Glendower was actually from the Ivory Coast. I mean, he might have been. Or like, something. They'll probably find oh, a way. 
Tariq Nasheed entered the chat. Should I Suleiman? He was a black man. <laughs> they, will, they will absolutely try and find a way of like post-hoc rationalizing in order to make the narrative as firm as possible. But if it doesn't exist, then they'll, they'll just ignore it. They don't care. Llewellyn at Griffith was actually Nigerian. Or Uther Pendragon was ethnically Bantu. Maybe. Yeah. Can't prove that it's not. Actually, genetic studies have shown that Tutankhamun was most closely related to the Irish, apparently. So there we have it. We have very it. interesting. I heard that one before. It's interesting. Yeah. But anyway, there you are. There are the literally worst fraudsters on planet Earth. And um, good luck to the mental cases. Enjoy the lead poisoning. Do we have any video comments? I wonder. I don't think we do. So instead, we will go to. I think there were some. Are there? Well, I uh, will investigate. If, the, if there aren't, then I'll, I'll read some normal comments. Uh, AK says for Bo, how long before the great unraveling of our civilization really begins to speed up? Oh, well, we're experiencing the quickening right now, aren't we? I think so. I think it's one of those things, probably, it seems, from revolutions in, in history that there'll be some sort of real tipping point and then it gets exponentially faster. And there, or sometimes there'll be like a, a, some kind of flashpoint yeah. um, in all sorts of revolutions. Um, but who knows? Who knows? It definitely feels like we, we've you know, gone over the slippery slope and now we're just sliding down to the bottom. But often the powers that be like to keep it on a simmer if possible. Yeah, but if, I feel that the tipping point has been reached, a Rubicon's been crossed, we've gone over the edge and now we're just sliding and we are getting... But I do feel that way. I mean, like this stuff's just getting worse every day. But I think we have found some video comments. Yeah, I mean, just to end off that conversation though, because I think it's a good one, which is I, I think you're... You're correct, but there's two possible outcomes, isn't there? There's either we become Kuwait, which is when the money runs out, just becomes another pearl diving village that's multicultural, or this country does go through something truly catacly cataclysmic. Uh, not fun for any of us, but it, it would save the country from absolute, I don't know, um, disappearance. I think we're on the, the former trail. I think we're just going to literally end up as an impoverished, the runs out. strange place until... Is that no one would know why you would want to go there in the first place? I think that's what it'll be. Well, let's move to Joshua. As the video comments, I just watched the contemplations on liberalism, and I wanted to point out the problem with liberalism is that it requires the toleration of the intolerable. The idea that as long as you're not doing anything to hurt someone directly fails to recognize that you are hurting the society at large. If you are 25 and too fat to fight in a war, you are a liability. Funny how liability and liberal are so close. Yeah, this is, uh, of course, Popper's paradox of tolerance. Um, but I think Joshua is correct to expand it out. And this is something that Nietzsche would put in the frame of how many parasites can a civilization tolerate before it collapses. And the West in his day was like, well, we can just, and he, he was using it in terms of criminals, right? But criminals are kind of parasites on society. But for some reason, the West has decided it's okay to be riddled with parasites. And at some point, you're going to be so drained by the parasites that the thing will collapse. And that's inevitable. And uh, he seems to have been proven right. Someone was saying to me recently that uh, an ex-teacher in a class of 30 or 35, a class can sort of absorb one troublemaker who's sort of refusing to learn yeah. and being a constant disruption to maybe... Three, probably not. More than three or four. And the whole class is screwed. Yeah. But Josh, Joshua's main point is not just about being an active troublemaker either. It's also being a liability. 
mm. kind of makes you a dead weight and just a drain on resources. And when you look at and that's that's just like the flat plane of the now, right? But if you look at it in the long plane of the future and the past, then actually you get you have to kind of add other people to that category, like people who don't have children actually are a liability in the future and things like that. People who don't bother working really and just claim taxes they're a massive liability and so you, you can't go on forever so it won't here i am in wisconsin and it is actually snowing australian man learns about snow <laughs> there is snow on my car <laughs> Not well, snowing. <laughs> since Sin City Con wasn't the best fit for me, the lovely people here at Kennedy Mall in Dubuque, Iowa, have let me set up a stall right here. Come and check me out if you're in the area. Well, that's very kind of them. Um, the funny incongruity of uh, an Aussie in Iowa or something. Yeah. Being like, it's hey, look, this me. is snow in Minnesota. But this is snow. So that's not snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's adorable that you think that's snow, though. <laughs> you know? That's very cute. Yeah. To the next one. Well, what better way to celebrate Halloween than volunteering at a haunted mansion with over 40 other actors? Aside from my scene being outside in the middle of the night, so it was cold as heck. It was a lot of fun. And here I am just freezing my but absolutely, I'm in the middle of the night in my witch hut. Oh, the glamorous life of an action, I tell you what. <laughs> I'm just glad some people can still have fun, frankly. Um, anyway, the real Bigfoot, and Callum still doubts, honestly, uh, says, all feels like it's just inches away from toppling, doesn't it? Like we're sitting on a house of cards, the shore is coming closer and closer, waiting to envelop us. I fear for the future we're all skint, getting skinter, and the government are fudging numbers to act like we're not. Look, spreadsheet is good, quality of life getting better. Ignore your lying eyes. It's just true. Lord Nerevar says it's interesting to see that Musk is fully uh, starting to fully grasp the gravity of the situation in which we find ourselves. It's a relief that, relief that the richest man in the world isn't captured by the cult, and it seems to be in touch with enough to recognize those who are. The question remains, what will he do about it? Well, Musk still has pro-immigrant, pro-immigration sympathies, which is like, oh, I just want illegal immigration stopped. So he goes down to the Texas border, which is great, but then he doesn't go to like little Mogadishu and be like, hey, where are the oh, Americans? Oh, it's so illegal. Yeah, where are the Americans, though? You know, he, he, that's not crossed his mind yet. But I th There have been a couple of tweets, I believe. So there's, there's room for learning. Okay. Well, I, I, I agree that Musk probably isn't... Hey, South African, it can't be <laughs> of demographics. Yeah, how ignorant can it be? But, like, uh, you know, I wonder how much of that is kind of um, him putting up a kind of false front just to get people off his back or something, you know? Because that, that you, know, be, you know, could be something... Maybe. He has said a couple of contradictory things, yeah. it seems to me, about that. Sure. But, you know. Um, Mike Hunt says... I think it's interesting that the extinctionists want to end humanity, uh, but don't start with themselves. To me, that leaves but two options. They are either lying for virtue points or the raging narcissists who would end humanity and save themselves for last. Yeah, well, it's because they don't really have the courage of their convictions. And you're right, it is narcissism, I think. Uh, saying, oh no, I'm the one good person because I realize it's all mankind that is the problem. So yeah, I suppose in a way you can say that every single person is in some way fallen and riddled with sin. And therefore, humanity is the issue because the Earth has never done anything wrong because it's not a moral agent. 
And so, yes, we are the problem. Bravo. You do it. Um, Robert says, the fact that all media orgs are based on the coasts where the leftists reside goes some way to explain the bias too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll say but, one thing just very quickly I want to say earlier about this. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's publications like the New York Times or the Washington Post or Time Magazine, all sorts of things, which where you look where they came from. Where did they come How, from? How when they were founded. The intelligence services. Who controls the mouth, media, Elon? Mouthpieces. I mean, they might not be anymore because like I said, they can, something like the, for example, with the New York Times, it's not as simple as that because it will pass through the ownerships of various families, various individuals. So it's not just one thing. It's not as easy just to say, you know, the Washington Post is a CIA front thing, 100% and always has been since its inception. That's, too, that's, that's not necessarily the case. But the point is, they were always a tool of the elite on some level to sort of suddenly realize, oh, the, the, the New York Times hasn't got the best interests of the most, of the normal people, of the masses at heart. Oh, oh I thought it always did. No, yeah. I mean, we've, it never did. We did the Active Measures Book Club, and this was the case for all Western countries, which is the localized intelligence services, but usually the Americans, because we're talking about the West, would, yeah, just use them. They had it as a playbook. When we need to use them, we'll use them, and they do. So, Richard says, don't vote for Labour, the party that allows grooming gangs, councils, and police force cover-ups, and then says something I'm not going to repeat. But, um, yeah. Stand for Labour, which <laughs> no. Well, no, the, the Labour Party is in, engaged in active cover-ups of the grooming gangs. They are, and has done everything they can to make the subject um, untouchable because you're a racist. I could have gone into the councillors in Rochdale. Yeah, yes. Oh, I, I can exactly. And to try and ostracise and destroy and silence those that did try yeah, yeah, and speak yeah. out about it. Make, make it so it's unviable to talk about it because it will ruin your life. There was a Labour MP, female Labour MP. Nasha. No, no, at the time. Is her surname Green, maybe? I can't remember. Um, who's tried to speak up. About oh, Sarah, Sarah Champion. Champion. Sarah Champion, sorry, yeah. that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She tried to do something. Yeah, they made her life a living hell. She was Rotherham. Yeah, that's sorry, that's right. Yeah, yeah um, Champion in Rotherham. Yep. So it's not... Yeah. Well, she was women's minister, so she thought women being raped was quite bad. And um, the lay party didn't agree. Paul says, look at a list of the most popular nonfiction books from the 60s and 70s to find out where the anti-human sentiment comes from. Doom and gloom books about overpopulation, resource wars, and pandemics killing everyone. Um, yeah, this has been a long thread in left-wing thought, because left-wing thought seems to think that ideas can exist outside of the heads of human beings. And so there's this kind of transcendent ether in which the idea is really there, and you're kind of, your brain touches it for a bit. And, oh, I'm a leftist. Yes, I'm so much better than everyone else. Oh, it's mankind that's the problem. It's like, that doesn't exist. The thought is in your head. You're a moron. Omar says, You need to buy that person a safety cap. Yeah. This is why the tinfoil hats are important, Callum. You don't want your brain touching that piece of thing. You need protection. Um, this idea that you're on the right side of history and anyone that disagrees with oh, you yeah. is on the wrong side of history. Yeah. The power that that has over some people's minds. Totally. It justifies anything now. Absolutely. It's the, the, the apotheosis of Whig historians. The ends being on the right side of history justifies the means anything. Because what does it matter? Yeah, right. when, they but also, the, when they write the book, you'll be on the right side. But also history is just straight up and it's up forever and everything just gets better when you do what we want. It's like, yeah, well, that's a, a nice myth to tell yourself, but that's obviously not true. Uh, Omar says, something to remember about nimbyism is that not only do they not want it in their backyard, it's never been in their backyard. 
The people facilitating the ruin of your communities don't live in the aftermath. That's a great point. Every Lib Dem voter ever. Kevin says, why stop at Twitter, Elon? How about a hostile takeover of TikTok, Facebook, and OnlyFans? Honestly, because you can't afford them. That's why. Um, God only knows how much Facebook would cost. Make money. Elon, richest man to have ever lived. No, that's not enough. You've got to make more. Very more. <laughs> Boys, together we have to make more. What about just um, an aggressive takeover of Alphabet where you don't have to buy the whole thing outright and own all 100% of the shares? Just, just enough to you. change the board. I mean, if and you... there's the... Sorry, go on. No, no, no. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, that was it. Just enough to yeah. sort of change the board and change like the CEO or whatever, or make yourself the CEO or if whatever Elon, you want to do. If Elon bought 25% of Alphabet shares, something changes at Alphabet, right? Like suddenly it's like, okay, what now, you know? Um, anyway, Thomas says, uh, it's not a police force, Callum. It's a police service. At this point, it's very clear who they are serving. Good point. Yeah, very good. X, Y, and Z says, Police knock sounds exactly like the same tactics Stalin's security forces used. They'd come late at night to catch you at your most disoriented and keep you off balance. Totally true. AGB Stasi 101. Yeah. yeah. California Refugee says, You'd think if we'd send Parliament to hold sessions in Tower Hamlets, they might start changing their minds. Just a thought, a silly thought. Um, I don't know, man. I, like, I think that, like, who, who's the MP for Tower Hamlets? Does it matter? No. You don't need to know her name. <laughs> I mean, it's not, no, it's not Diane Abbott. She's Hackney. But it's going to be someone like Diane Abbott. And so it's just like, you know, the Labour Party would be like, yes. And they're about to become the biggest party. Sophie says, you know what we need to do? Inform everyone that Russia is in support for Hamas and Palestine. I just want to see their brains melt down trying to figure out what to say. Because it's true, they are. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Suddenly, Russia are a force for social justice. But that only works on NPCs. So. Yeah. But did you see... Um, you, you, oh, was that know? a sarcastic comment? Yeah. Okay, great. Because okay. that is actually what's happening. Oh, right. yeah. I was going to say, no, they're not. But okay, well, if, it's Rus- dark, if it's sarcastic, then... I thought the Russians were no, supporting the um, Palestinians. They are helping the uh, Palestinians in various ways, legitimately. Um, but the thing I think she's speaking to is those who are just like, I love Ukraine, I love Palestine, like just complete NPCs. Mm-hmm. I mean, ever since the Gorbachev years, the Russians have pretty much cut ties with Fatah and stuff. You can't say Putin is pro-Hamas. I don't know. He's had meetings with them. Some of his uh, journalists are working with them right now. Um, as to what extent it goes to the FSB or whatnot, we won't know for 10 years. But I mean, he's certainly not opposed because he's helping them in the long run. I, I think for Putin, this is clearly just they're standing up against the Americans. Good a way of getting at the There's, Americans. I assume what you're getting at is correct as well, which is that Putin can't just be like that, though. Well, no, no, I'm not saying he's going to come out and say it in a press No, no, because the problem is the South. So they've been fighting ISIS as recently as, I think, 2017. They finally defeated what was left of them in yeah. Russia, killing civilians. So the actual jihadist is not really something they like to touch. Right. Yeah. So I think it's a very strange circumstance. Russia have got their own problems with, or had their own problems with, in Chechnya, Chechnya and all sorts yeah. of things. Well, like I, I mean, say... The, Five years ago, they were still fighting ISIS. Like right, a proper right. war was right, going yeah, on yeah. in southern Russia. Yeah, well, it was the Russian air force that largely defeated them in the end, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, going back to the 60s and 70s and even parts of the 80s, when the real Cold War was going on, you could say the Soviets were sort of explicitly pro-Palestine in a way because of the Cold War. But like I say, ever since the Gorbachev years, Gorbachev slapped, that in the end, pretty much slapped down Yasser Arafat and said, no, we're not, not interested in yeah. you anymore. The way the Jordanians and the Egyptians are not 
really pro-Palestine in all sorts, in all sorts of in, ways. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not pro-Palestine. Um, Zero, the number of refugees the I, Arab countries will take. I don't think the Kremlin is pro-Hamas. No, no, it's it's just right. a, okay. a, an alliance momentarily of convenience and yeah. nothing. That. It's just yeah, a way no, of hurting the West. Uh, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they exterminated ISIS in Syria for a good reason, which is that they don't deal with Islamists because they are not that. They're not as stupid as Pakistan, mm. who will and then get blown up by the people they fund. Uh, George says, hard to blame the Palestinians for waving their flags around. That's what you usually do in a conquered nation. Uh, the police not doing anything about them means they are useless, so we might as well defund them and rely on self defense. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, you are, right? Whether you realize it or not, you kind of are relying on self-defense at this point. Because, frankly... What else have you got? Yeah, exactly. The police are not going to prosecute. Like, 95% of burglaries go unattended, uninvestigated. <laughs> in, in many parts of the country, there just is not such a thing as law and order. Um, Ethelstan says, All of these videos of officers arresting individuals generally appear like intellectually stunted people trying to remember a script given to them. They never understand or know the law, can never justify why the individual is being arrested as it pertains to the law and never justify it. It is exactly like the dimwit handing out warnings to the pro-life Christian praying in the head. Yes, this is another thing that is important to remember is that the police are not necessarily the best and brightest. And so they have been given woke training about transgenderism and things like that, but they have no knowledge of what it is they're dealing with. I've had to speak to police before and it became very evident that I was talking way over their heads when they brought this subject up. And they ended up letting me go, sort of thing. I was like, okay, they don't know what they're talking about. And the thing is, it's not really their job to know what they're talking about. No, what if it's their job to make sure that people don't get murdered? Yes, you know, there's the idea of, um, are we the baddies? Yeah. Do any of these individual cops, I assume not, at any point pause and think, wait, am I doing the the right thing here? Yeah, I am arresting am an old I, chap in front of his dying Am wife. I on the side of evil right now? Yeah. But there are, I think... You do see it occasionally. It does happen on, on occasion. So there's... Uh, something like, well, I think... Rare. I think the Michael Malice position is correct. So there's nothing the police won't do up and up in including the killing of children uh, when they're told to do it. I think that's probably true. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think they've got very good moral compasses and I don't think they're restrained because I think they just do what they're told. Well, that's what the system is meant to do. Yeah. You just hope that the system that manages that doesn't get taken over by some insane ideologues. And in this case, it has. Yeah. I mean, the, the police of old, you expected to have their own moral compass, are gone. Right? They've been selected out. You know, the old Bobby on the beat wearing his blue. No, that guy doesn't exist anymore. Now it's the high vis, like global police, the, you know, the Met police, who are just literally going to do exactly what they're told and. Without any thought, yeah, some white guy who's been beaten down, or some woman who's going to scream and pepper spray you. Yeah, you know. Oh, you called her a lesbian nana, did you? I don't care how autistic you are, you're in trouble. You know, like they don't they don't have morals as you think of it normally. I don't know. It's not dunk on all the police. I don't I'm, agree. Like the high vis jacket, yeah. constantly like you know, yeah. Stasi like enforcers is one. I'm not sure. I agree. Like, isn't Michael Manis like an all cops are bastards type anarchist? In a way, he's right. <laughs> it depends on the police force because if like, in places like the Mets definitely in a small village in, in Somerset or bloody the Orkneys or something probably not but, but this is the thing like Malice would be thinking of um, all police forces in that way whereas yeah. you've got some knowledge of like the old British police they're not going to kill kids they couldn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't have any guns so it wouldn't be possible 
back in the, I don't know, 30s or whatever. I bet there's loads of British police officers that are aghast by seeing videos. Well, then they should right bloody now. well do something, shouldn't they? That's the thing, right? I'm actually kind of sick of this. Oh, like, no, no, no. These are your compatriots. Do something about it. Stage a protest. Have a walkout. Do whatever you have to do. Plus, but, do you want to be part of this? Yeah, exactly. Resign. If that's what it takes, you know, but if you're just going to sit there and go, well, I don't agree with it, but I'm not going to literally do a damn thing, then it's going to continue indefinitely, you know, and so I'm, I'm losing sympathy. But what can they do? What can we do? It's the home office that control it. And it's... go and protest it. Well, the police shouldn't protest. Well, there we go. That's how bad well, things have gone. I, I'm sincerely, and I've spoken for this before, about the intelligence services, uh, the police and the army and the air force now, I think the navy too have all actively discriminated, discriminated against whites and men, in which case none of us should join them ever. If you have a friend who's thinking about joining it, no, I'm sorry, but this is a bad idea. Tell them, just don't do it, frankly. Yeah. Because why would you work for an organization that actively hates you just for what you are? I, I think it's a, that's the one thing you can do and probably should. Can't you infiltrate and take back the organization? Isn't that what you and Connor talk about for the Conservative Party? Possibly. Give up on the Home Office and the police and the well, Army, though. It's, it's not that. The, 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 the police forces are all separate and spreading across the entire country. So that's a really big job. Getting control of the Conservatives, I think, would be easier. I'm largely with you on both of them, though, which is fuck both organizations. <laughs> a whole other debate. Um, last question. Sam says, I have a question for Bo. Uh, I'm always looking to expand my historical knowledge and reading. I've come across two books on Amazon that do look as if they are fascinating reading. Bede's Ecclesiastical History of the English People mm -hmm. and the Anglo-Saxon Chronicles. Mm -hmm. uh, are these two books you would recommend to anyone with an interest in history? Yeah, absolutely. The Venerable Bede, yeah, the Bede of Jarrow. Yeah. You can get it all in a, just a penguin paperback for like $7.99. Absolutely brilliant. You need to do a little outside reading. I definitely advise reading the introduction to it because otherwise a lot of it wouldn't make much sense. In the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle is something a bit different, a bit more difficult to get to grips with. Um, and there's more than one version and yeah. all sorts of things. The Anglo-Saxon Chronicle is a little bit more problematic to actually understand properly. Uh, but nonetheless, give it a go. And The Venerable Bede I mean, is brilliant reading. Like when, you, when you're reading the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, you'll come across lines like, there were great fire dragons in the sky, and then the Northmen arrived and sacked Lindisfarne. Mm. We're like, right. So, I mean, the sacking, yes. Fire dragons in the sky, maybe less so. But what, what, you, what you want, rather than going straight to these sort of uh, original sources, um, find a good historian talking about the time period. I mean, like Tom Holland did a book on Ethelstan, which is probably great. I haven't actually read it yet. A whole bunch of our epochs are on pre-conquest Britain, so exactly. you could do worse than starting there. So start with more popular history before starting with the original sources basically, is what my advice would be, yeah. um, if you're new. But, you know, once you've gone through them and you actually want to read the, because that's what I did, and then you want to actually read the original sources, and then you really find yourself cherishing some of the original sources. They're really pleasurable to read. Just books like that, for example, um, Bede in Penguin Paperback, it'll have a long introduction, like a 20, 30, 40-page introduction written by a professor. Yeah. Read that. You really need to read that before you just start reading the original text. But this is why you should just read a, uh, a book, book written by a professor rather than the originals, if you're new. But anyway. Uh, just one I wanted to end off because I think it's a good quote. Uh, Omar mentioning the Manchester Arena bombing, which is they'll let the little girls get blown up and then once you say something on social media, they'll arrest you for noticing. Anyway, but we're out of time. So if you uh, want more, come back tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>